Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith and Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars. And this week, Johnny's rude office chair. Right, Richard, let's have a game. Pretend I'm a sort of oral street magician, okay? Ready? (laughs) Yeah. Pick a Brian, any Brian. Famous Brian. Someone that. Oh, okay. oh, right. Not just like. Not just anyone. Not just like your decorator <laughs> okay. who came in the other week. Yeah. Um, Brian Kant. Right. Kant. Good. Any idea where Kant. I mean, he's dead now, isn't he? Um, Brian Kant. Yes, yeah, I think he is. Do you know his place of birth or where he dwelt when, I, when he was. Where alive. he dwelt? Oh, we don't know where he dwelt, but I, I believe he's from um, Ipswich. Brilliant. Ipswich. Done. Let's lock that in. I sound like a game show host. Um, I've come. I, I, I was. I was. Uh, I went away for the weekend. Um, the other weekend for the first time in I don't know seven years, and um, and at the London to Brighton was on um, just the week before. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I thought it's a bit boring in it, London to Brighton. You know, <laughs> as my brother would say, vintage t- car toss that not even car enthusiasts care about. But anyway, that's probably a bit harsh. It's it's funny, isn't it? It's spindly wheeled nonsense that nobody could relate to anymore and it's, so it's yeah. sort of it's so niche now I don't mean to it's, do it I kind of do mean to do it down because I'm not really interested in it either but. I saw to, there's bits of it but like my brother said it's like tiller steer and you know drive belts yeah, made from yeah, buffalo's like, arseholes if and the stuff. pedals aren't in the right order I'm not interested <laughs> How many of the controls are outside the passenger cabin? Right, piss off. Everything's outside apart from the seat Everything, that yeah. you sit in. Yeah. Or yeah, you sit outside of the cabin outside. and all the controls are inside. <laughs> what were they thinking back there? Right, now. Listen this here. Throttle. This is the throttle and also the control for retarding the ignition. Let's put it on the underside <laughs> so you have to climb out to get it. That's a good idea, isn't it? <laughs> you've got Bizarre. to... No, you've got the, the brake pedal is actually right on the back bumper. So if you think you're going to have a no shit moment, you climb out of the seat, which is very clever. Ghost riding, we now call it. But back then yes. they didn't call it that. Frightful Thereby driving. taking you further away from any accidents. So it's a safety feature, you see. That's right. Uh, now, Mr. Frobisher, where were you planning to put the uh, the clutch pedal? Well, I noticed that our rivals put it in the middle, so we can't do that because that'd be copying. <laughs> so we're going to put it on the ceiling. <laughs> well, I, in the middle of the wheel uh, centre. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where's the wheel? Well, it's in the boots, sir. <laughs> I don't... I mean, actually, we're, we're saying this, but we quite... When we were at Goodwood, uh, whenever that was at the um, Speed Week last year, mm. you and I were quite thrilled by some of those silly things are outside the car cars that we saw, weren't we? Yeah, I'm we being... were watching them pumping their own fuel as they drove along. Yeah, we're being harsh um, uh, just for cheap comedic value. I think I think we need, <laughs> what I need to specify here is, I suppose you'd call them veteran cars rather than vintage cars. So vintage cars yes. are post World War One. 
Or are they? I don't know. Veteran cars are like late 1800s and yeah. a very early 19. I forget what the cutoff year is for the London to Brighton, but anyway, I'll, I'll, I don't know. It's someone it doesn't it's move, like about though, does it? Ten or something. Yeah, I feel like it's nineteen ten. I could look this up. Oh no, it doesn't move. So, like, you can buy a, a vintage car, and if if it was seen to have been manufactured two weeks after the London to Brighton cutoff, you just can't. It's not eligible, and according to my brother, it makes it almost worthless. Because unless, <laughs> well, because unless it's got, well, because unless it's got uh, unheard of provenance, like, oh, I don't know. Um, Lord Lucan had regular. This was his car to drive around his estate, completely naked, twice a week, trying to do time trials whilst gardening. Then you go, okay, there's a cool story attached to it. But ordinarily, the, the problem is, is those veteran cars are so far away from people that are alive now, yes. and they're not seen in the media or, you know, films, Instagram. <laughs> then therefore, they're not really gathering momentum of value and interest. So no. And they're not is, cars, really, are they? They're to people so they're in co- the popular imagination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's proper horseless carriage spec. So the reason why I'm just talking about this is because um, I thought, well, maybe we should mix it up a bit, um, sort of bring a, some fresh eyes into the London to Brighton. Just call it the London to Brian, right? Scrap, <laughs> scrap Brighton. It's boring. It's been done. London to Brighton. It's just it's always being done. Who cares? So everyone starts in London in these veteran cars with the the, the bad goggles and the terrible jackets and the, you know, face furniture and the... All, so all much goggles. I know, so many goggles and also shoes that just simply aren't appropriate for pressing any pedals. And no. then And then they... And Everything's tweed. That's well. right. That's right. Tweed goggles. <laughs> then Can't s- see a damn thing. <laughs> everyone squeezes but one of those But it's okay nose. because it has a top speed of six. So um, I'm sure we're so- fine. <laughs> Someone at the London to Brighton, I'm sure, has has a has one of those flower brooches which actually squirts water. That clowns what do you think? have, yeah, they're definitely just before they the definitely have the a lot of horns that go. Loads of that. There's probably quite a lot of self medicating going on as well, but they're just because it's off the period <laughs> flask. You know what I mean? It's, oh, like laudanum or something, or like a real vintage drug. That oh, you can't old, get old anymore. school. Yeah. Oh, let's 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 just have let's just do a couple of pipes of opium just to get us off the start line. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like old school poets, they'd have a load of that and then they'd start waxing lyrical. <laughs> It's the only motorsport that allows it these days. But um, no, I was thinking, not London to Brighton, it'd be London to Brian. So therefore, the person that I asked you to pick, there'd be a tombola, everyone would crowd Mm. around, all the cars are ready, and it's right, right, London to whichever Brian, they pick a Brian out of the hat, the Brian is known, the Brian could be dead, like the one that you just picked, but you know the birthplace or the, the, the family home. Right, and well, I was it. I was doubting myself then because I thought I was I was sort of I was just going to check where Brian Kant was born. He mm-hmm. he is from Suffolk. He's from Ipswich. But Brilliant. Where did he die? He died in. Uh, he lived in Chalfont St Giles in Buckinghamshire. Lovely. Okay. Go there then. So there we go. That's you a say, nice see, place. But you see, <clears> and the, <throat> so the race is on. You get in these horseless carriages and tally ho as quick as possible. And the first person there. Gets a gets a, a, a an all weekend party with all the friends and the family of the Brian and the Brian if the Brian's still alive. <laughs> um, would you not have to check with the Brian first that they want a, a bunch of no spindly wheeled 
no funny noise. Uh, they get they get a ha- they get a half an hour um, warning. They get a half okay. hour half an hour, hour <laughs> so they can turn all the lights out and hide. You know what I mean? So um, they can they can have a poo and like quickly you know have a, a stand up wash if they need to or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, I think it, it could really add some spice to this event. Here's a fun fact about Brian Cant. You know the uh, TV presenter Fern Britton, lovely Fern Britton, yeah. lovely jolly Fern. Yeah. He was married to her sister. Brian Camp was married to to Fern Britton's sister. Yeah. Wow. Cherry Britton. So so Brian Camp was Fern Britain. Britton's brother-in-law. Cant for Britain. It just sounds like a Kant, campaign. Cant Britton, yeah. <laughs> or Britain Cant. <laughs> either way. Um I well anyway, good luck with that. I just I by the way I just looked this up as well. The London to Brighton cutoff a car has to be built before 1905 there we go so if you've got if you've got a january 1906 like absolute howler of a of a contraption it's not eligible it's not legible why can't eligible it's not led no not legible right if they had kept it rolling yeah where would we be up to now oh i don't know 1979 well that'd be good wouldn't that be, so people so, would go and watch that, wouldn't they? They go, oh look, there you go. But then it oh. turns into a, a furious road race involving high speeds, doesn't it? Whereas at the it does, moment, yeah. it's it's sixteen miles an hour, brakes made out of um, a snake's asshole, and mm. um, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just all kinds of. Can you imagine the toolkit of the chase cars? Because my brother was involved in a like a chase car for for um, for the London to Brighton, and it uh, just said because it, they don't have. They don't really have similar components because, as you said, this was the time when cars were they were still deciding the recipe yeah. of the car. So yeah. there were still some kind of question marks over drivetrain and materials and all that stuff. <clears throat> or you go the other way. The car still has to be based on a pre-1905 vehicle, but there's no rules. So you can do as many changes to it as you want. But it sort of has to still be at least forty percent, nineteen oh five, or back. Forty percent. I think you could do a lot with that. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So it it makes it again interesting. So you bring in the Fast <coughs> and Furious um, generation, but still has to be nineteen oh five or prior. Could be amazing, I mean, couldn't it? Yeah. Imagine like yeah, just imagine? it's got a, it's got a Lancia Delta Integrale engine and drivetrain. <laughs> But it's still got wooden spoked wheels. Oh yeah, well imagine you'd have. Um, you, would you, would there be any Fords, Folds, or is that does that predate that predates Folds? Doesn't Folds. It? Uh, well, I mean, when was the uh, when no? Was the, when there the would early... be, would there not? Mm. Not Model T though, but there no. would be. Um, so there could be an early Folds, and you just have a retrofit Folds. Coyote five litre mappable <laughs> ignition. Um, I mean, it could, but also, yeah, potentially with wooden wheels, or you just go carbon, spindle mount carbon, with the original, um, with the original like, sort of I beam style uh, front front suspension and, and axle. I mean, it could be carnage, couldn't it? But it also f- could be the most feel entertaining carnage. Sport. People are going to start getting silly, aren't they? Sort of like the way that they, you know, people blueprint their engines and all that sort of stuff for mm. historic racing and. You know, there's always these allegations that certain certain historic race cars are kind of triggers broom, or that they're actually essentially replicas of the original because they've had so much done to them, and there's all manner of oh, yeah, the silhouette races, yeah, yeah. So I could imagine that the London to Brighton will suddenly get 
They're going to have to close the roads, really, aren't they? They would have to close the roads, <clears throat> but also it could all kick off on the Brian front because there'd be famous Brian's that don't want a part of this. But maybe if it was, but I would. I'm going to wager most of them. Also, no, are they going to run out of famous Brian's? No, no, there'd always no? be a couple creeping through. Well, it's only once a year, isn't it? I mean, bloody hell, it's not like it's not like a weekly pub quiz. It's uh, no, I suppose they're not. A bit of like... time, but you could also you could also kind of like. Um, you could knight certain brines and bring them in, make them more famous than perhaps they were before by maybe doing some calculated social media the year before. So think, we want this brine to be the next big brine. So they, right, like I mean? Brian... Trying, I don't know. Try, I mean, I'm trying to think. That uh, guy out of Boyzone. No, not Boyzone, Westlife. Westlife, McFadden. There you go, McFadden's yeah. in there. So again, appealing to a younger audience. You're not just going straight for the May or the Blessed or the Ferry... Or the, cock, or the ferry, or the old cocks, not the new cocks, because obviously new cocks. Well, you've got two coxes to choose from. That's a yeah. You imagine the confusion. Bryony bonus. You get the cocks pulled out the hat. That's it. The flag drops. <laughs> London to Brian is on. <laughs> London to Brian is on. It's furious, right? There's so many crazy. I'm just going to clip what you just said out of the of the show and use it as our trailer for this one. <laughs> get but, the cocks out of the hat. Can you imagine that? So they get the they get the. They get the cocks out of the hat and they go, and, and, and they, they, it's not clear which Brian Cox it is. So mm. they go to the wrong Brian's house, and it's a huge Herculean effort because obviously you're doing a top speed of, I don't know, 23. Or actually, maybe you're not. Also, you're doing 230 because it's now resto mods, but we'll see. Yeah, but even so, I'm going to wager that the older Brian Cox lives in Los Angeles now. So. Oh, well, I mean, that's that pissed. You've got that's, that's a saga then, isn't it? Well, Jeez. you all drive immediately to London Heathrow. Um, where you've got a plane shipping containers awaiting. You've got a jet on the ground with its with its back door open, and you just go oh. straight into it. Oh well, you've got to you've got to drive. It's already making its way out the runway, Fast and Furious style. Oh, it is absolutely. And what you do is, as you go, as you break through um, the sort of back doors of Heathrow, which probably doesn't exist, you throw your passport at the person who's shouting at you and just say, "Check it, it's fine," and then you just keep steaming <laughs> with your sort of flapping scarf out behind you. Just be amazing. Uh, I've looked this up. Brian, it's good news actually. Older Brian Cox lives in New York, apparently, so that's a bit closer. Okay, so a shorter, um, shorter but still flight. A flight. Yes. <laughs> Slash unbelievably long drive all across <laughs> Russia. <and laughs> well, maybe that's what you do. You see, maybe it's it's it's, it's back to the old-fashioned huge excursion. This is an expedition. Yeah. Well, in that way, it feels very sort of like the kind of thing they would have done in 1905. What, just to meet a famous mm. Brian and have a, a Well, yeah, a, but just a sort of needlessly long drive. Lots of incredibly rich, posh people doing a needlessly long drive to show they can. There we go. I think I've... Well, I, you, but, but also it has to be Instagram I feel like friendly. we workshopped that a bit, and we've got there. The London to Brian. London to New York, because we, <laughs> we pulled Brian Cox, the actor, out of the hat. Um, I think Brian Cox, the physicist, lived in London. Oh, Okay. Okay, so London... Although, obviously, London's, he's from... Oh, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he lives in Manchester. Well, that'd be nice if he did. It would add... Because, obviously, if it was London to a London-based Brian, I mean, it would be... It'd be a sprint race, would it not? It'd be classed as a sprint race. I suppose. Well, it depends where you start. I suppose, yeah, you've got to start in London, because that's the... Well, imagine it. You, 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 the Brian gets pulled out of the hat, and you, you all just go, hang on a minute, he's ten roads away. Right, that's it. It would just be so dangerous. 
you imagine because they they're not there's there's no need to conserve your tires or your engines or any componentry you just you're all in aren't you i've watched it's, that yeah like lots of lots of kind of 80s turbo f1 spec engines <laughs> yeah thousand sort of horsepower <laughs> incredibly high boost but a lifespan <laughs> measured in you know yards <laughs> there you go you see they're sort of ticking time bomb performance engines um, and here I am typing, where does Brian Cox live? Into Google. What the... F- how has it come to this? <laughs> how? Welcome to Smith and um, Sniff. That's how it happens. You know yeah, it. I guess so. Well, let's just... Maybe Brian Cox has got um, houses in Manchester and or the north somewhere. Yeah. He's from Oldham, isn't he? So, Is he? Um, yeah, so maybe he's got a house in Lancashire and then a house in London. I don't know. Is he st- isn't he still a professor at Manchester University? I think so, but I don't know how often you have to turn up for that. No, he's a bit of a celebrity professor, isn't he? Celebrity so, professor, Because yeah. Brian May's a professor now, isn't he? Multiple. Yeah, and maybe... Um, I mean, in fact, there's probably quite a lot of famous Brians that have doctorates or... Um, a high-ranking status, um, blessed, blessed, it's a good one. Imagine, imagine getting the imagine the year of London to Brian, where it was all about getting to Blessed's house. I mean, he would love it, wouldn't he? Here we go. Where does Brian Blessed? I mean, you could find out where Brian Blessed lives by just standing still and listening, and eventually. Oh, it's over coming. It's coming from over there. He's having a he's having a coffee on his patio one morning, and he chuckles yeah. at a small joke. <laughs> and and there's tremors. There's all sorts. There's 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 weather warnings. Uh, he lives in <clears throat> Surrey. Okay, so was that classed as a sprint race? It could be. It's pretty close to London. Yeah, I think sprint race if they're modified. Um, veteran oh, hang on, wait. Oh, I've got more. I've got more specifics. He lives. He lives near Windlesham. I don't know where Windlesham is. I've driven through Windlesham not that long ago. Uh, okay, Windlesham is. It depends on which bit. Sorry, because as you get get further into Surrey, actually, sort of, it's deceptively far from London. It is. It is. Hang on. Oh, it's that bit. Okay, it's near Lightwater, sort of. So oh, it's, it. Oh, it's that bit. It's that bit. Oh, not as not as far as Frimley. Or Farnborough. Is Farnborough still in Surrey? No. I don't know. Farnborough's ha- Hans. It's close Hampshire. to Hampshire. Hampshire, yes. Oh, well, this is oh, interesting. Oh, and Camberley. No, but Camberley is further on, and Camberley is in Surrey. I know that, so... Hacking Camberley, yeah. It's near It's near Bagshot. Yeah. You're Bag- listening to Smith and Sniff, the podcast in which two friends speculate about where places are in Surrey. <laughs> and without any maps in front of their faces. Right. I have an irrational dislike of Surrey that's based on nothing because, I mean, I used to go there all the time when we were filming Top Gear, which was done sort of near Godalming. But um, I, I, there's, I think it's because I'm from the north. There's a sort of Surrey. The word Surrey just seems to sum up a lot of what northerners don't like about the south. Oh, is it sort of like smug kind of wealth? Yeah, and yeah. comfortable wealth. Comfortable and wealth like, in Surrey. I'm saying this. I'm from Wilmslow, so I'm hardly like oh, we were. We was dragged up, but um, there's something, and I just and I was because I was down there once with my wife, and we were driving somewhere very leafy, really fucking leafy. lovely leafy place. And she went, "This is lovely. Why don't Why don't we live down here?" And I went, "Because it's Surrey." And she couldn't understand at all. She thought I was mad. And then a few weeks later, I was talking to my brother my wife was there and I said oh we were down in Surrey the other week and uh, 
Yeah, she was wondering why we don't live down there. And he just went, <laughs> because it's Surrey. And oh, I was like, see? Do you it. see? It's ingrained because we're from a different part of the country that uh, we just don't... Even though where I'm from was often described as the Surrey of the North. I was going to say, I think it, it does share a lot of similarities, a lot of gated communities and things, I bet. Mm, I know. So it's pure hypocrisy on my part. I, but, I, know, should, we had I should be dissing both of them and just saying, you need to keep it real and come, come, come down my, my grove. Well, who, do, who, who are people from Somerset sneeringly dismissive of for no real reason? Um, tr- um, oh, that's in, people that can spell Devon, their name really Dorset, quickly. Um, North Somerset. <laughs> I used the to other be, side. I used to be a little bit, but I mean, it depends obviously which part of Somerset you're from. I, I was always a little bit <laughs> wary of people from the levels. Right. But Glastonbury side, which is the mo- it's probably yeah. the most glamorous end these days. But the, the levels is a bit damp and boggy, and the, the geography is just not as pretty as, as West Somerset, so I'm just going to put mm. that out there. Uh, okay. I, I wouldn't live on the levels. Nah. Good. No, you're not going to catch me on the levels, mate. No, it's fine. No, one, no, no one's way, mate. No way. way. No way. No. No fucking <laughs> no way, mate. Not doing it. No. So there. Now, um, yeah. I was going to... Um, I've I got to tell you about something that happened to me two or three days ago. <laughs> I... I I almost had a palming disaster. Oh, because okay. I have just been driving around in my Range Rover. Perfect. I like that. I've, 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 I've segued car. seamlessly into this, having just been sneering about people in Surrey being rich. I know. Um, my old, my eleven-year-old Range Rover. So let's not get carried away. But anyway, I've been driving <laughs> around in that quite a lot now. Of course, a an old three two two Range Rover is the quintessential palming car outside of a Jeep Cherokee from the 90s or... Or a 50s Cadillac. Jag, yeah. Or a 50s Cadillac. But even then, I think the wheel rim would be too thin Actually, for the rim palm is, purchase. Yeah, the rim is too thin. You're absolutely right. The Bakelite rim. You need a thicker modern rim. Yeah. And, uh, and but then a good sort of, you know, high output pass pump <laughs> that's just really good. It's got your back. <laughs> there's and, there's um, your instant John Peel session right there. Yeah. <laughs> high oh. output pass pump. So I have just been tooling around the Range Rover, lovely... All go well. People, I get asked a lot, relatively speaking, on all branches of social media. Oh, how's your Range Rover going? Is it broken down yet? And, and I, I don't want to jinx it, but I will say everything is 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 tickety boo. And even though last week I suddenly spotted there was a wire dangling down behind the back wheel. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> so I've plugged it back in and nothing has changed. And it makes me wonder what the wire does. There's an identical one on the other side. And I presume... Is that for an optional thing which you didn't... I don't know. I just don't know. I was a bit excited because I thought... Because the parking sensors have never worked properly. Well, at all, really. Okay, so when you say the Range Rover's tickety-boo, what you mean is... Oh, yeah, but they've never worked, so that doesn't count. It doesn't bother me because it's still the backup camera works if you really want to get tight into a space. Right, right. I'm not just not a fuss. Um, Backup camera. But I was a bit excited. I thought, what if this is the reason the parking sensors don't work? It's because this wire's been loose the whole time, but no. So I still don't know. (laughs) I still don't know what the wire does. But clearly it doesn't matter whether it's in or out because uh, nothing's changed. So um, just been tooling around the range overall. Very lovely. Lovely. Sweet, lovely. Sweet, sweet car. But of course, basically, all steering that I've been doing has been palming because... That's you know city driving. I, I could I could have gone to Cadwell Park for a few laps and I still have been palming it. <laughs> and then I had cause to get to get in my nine eleven, and um, 
and I was pulling into a side street that I know quite well, and it's just a it's just an easy palm in the Range Rover. So I went to I went to palm the Porsche, and it's sort of the steering's much much heavier and quicker and and quicker and the wheel is much smaller all negative palm qualities and i sort of got the got the lock on but then the car fought back and i almost hit a parked car at <laughs> the curb are you absolute palming failure I mean, it was a fucking squeaky bum moment i don't mind telling you so yeah and i thought but of course the first thing i thought once i regained my composure was i must remember to tell johnny about this because i know that you love palming i do so, i have to say, do, do, I, so there's I, did I ever tell you, uh, well, this was a long time ago when I worked on um, performance tuning magazines, when I had my multicoloured Mercedes 123. Did yeah. I ever tell you that one day I went to an auto factor and just saw that, you know, they have like a dusty, couple of dusty top shelves with old car accessories on that you sort of chuckle at? Yeah. Well, on there, I noticed a couple of steering knobs and thought, oh, look at these old, <laughs> new old stock steering knobs. They're, they're real enough. And they were about four quid. So I bought one for a mate of mine and posted it to him for a, for, for a joke, for like a birthday joke. And the other mm. one, I, I went home and I bolted it onto the Mercedes wheel. And mm. f- and for a few days, it was like, oh, this is brilliant. Just got the, you know, the turner wheel. If, if listeners don't know what I'm talking about, they were, used to be fitted a lot to, to trucks and mm. vans when things weren't tractors. as assisted. Yeah and, yeah, and tractors. So you could really wing it round. Mm. Anyway, I was enjoying myself at the at the wheel of the of, of the, the Merc. But I've realised... Did your Merc have power steering? It did have power steering, and it, and it oh, was wow. quite light, so it was sort of unnecessary. Yeah. And I think what I did was I... Um, you know the term overdriving... I think what I yes. was doing, I think I, I, I overdrove in, uh, into a junction, but it was it was oversteering rather than overdriving because the, the, yeah. the speed of the driving was no dis, not dissimilar to what I normally do. But the problem was, is I went so quick on the handle, I almost did a U turn and smashed up the curb really aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> I put one of those bulges in the side wall of my tyres, you know, those warts, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and put the tracking out, which cost me thirty quid. Oh man! And, and just because, so I took the handle off, and, and it was like, screw you! You've you've cost me like you've just got to cost me a hundred quid. New tire, tracking, just because I was dicking around, but I <laughs> dicking around. Well, I was just being a plank with my turning handle. But yeah, I always associate them now with forklift trucks. Oh yeah, and because uh, there's nothing as delightful as watching a very proficient forklift truck operator. That's so true. Because they're zero they, steer, they aren't just, they? Yeah, and they just zoom about and do a lot of that, like really good. God, you've just given me a massive deja vu of the the handle turning fury um, of when I was at primary school, and I sometimes used to daydream out the window, which you might find hard to um, imagine. I I used to do it especially when they the grounds people were coming you know to mow the lawns and they'd have gang mowers on the main thing and they'd have that, that those mowers with the lift up front blades which ones I could lift up and drop down as you go around trees and things Rear yes steer. they're sort of like one of those flying things from Star Wars I can't remember which one Yes, the Darth Vader's thing. Yeah, I, I know the thing you mean, and I think they used to be made, or still are made, by Ransoms, which were one of the oldest mower companies in the world. Yeah, but oh, it's not Darth Vader's thing, is it? It's the shuttle, isn't it? A shuttle that arrives with something on it. I can't bloody remember. Bloody hell, Richard! I don't know, do I? Because it's no, I'm asking the wrong person. You are. I don't know anything about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, oh, but you fuck. deliberately don't know anything about Star Wars, do you? You like 
you, I, you it's okay. Look, it's willfully okay. slough your mind of Star Wars my information kids, if you can. My kids enjoy it. I think the music's really good. And mm. I, I always mm. thought Atat would have been better. Exactly the same design, but just wheels. I always thought that would have been better. Yes. But anyway, yes. Um, aside from those things... Uh, oh bollocks! I forgot what I was saying. What was I saying? Well, no. So as a mower. Oh yeah, mower that the, was made by ransom. And 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 those ransom mowers, they were zero steer. And remember, the guy would always have um, ear defenders on. Nowadays, of course, mm. probably have ear pods. Um, and he just used to like. I I could tell. You know, you can select a gear, and there's sort of hydraulic. It's like a hydraulic gearbox on those. You can select a gear, and I think he left it in the sort of speed that you drive it from one lawn job to another lawn job, so maximum speed. But he would leave it mowing, and he would try and sort of slalom in and out of the bushes and the trees. Wow. <laughs> but, of course, because it's rear steer, you've you got to be ever so delicate on the on the wheel. And he had a turner yeah. handle. He had a turner handle. So there were a few times when I thought, I think he went into a bit of an accidental whip, when, <laughs> but he was still mowing at the time. This is brilliant. And of course, you can't have a conversation about any mower without constantly referring to the fact that Tiff Nadell rolled his tractor mower by mowing <laughs> his own garden at an angle, <laughs> trying to set his own PB, which is a story that never gets trying, old. Trying to, trying to beat his own... Just his own Tiff Nadell in mower PB shocker. Yeah, it's just brilliant. <laughs> It's just amazing. The Lord uh, it's going over. Um, <laughs> and then it did. Uh, actually, Lovely. oh, that reminds me of something. Yeah. Um, I saw a, a thing plugging the new series of Fifth Gear the other day, and I was a bit thrown because Tiff's not on it and you're not on it. This is true. Well, we know that Tiff um, isn't, it hasn't been on it for two series or so. Which it I just looks weird because there's Vicky and there's Potato and they've got Rory Reed now doing it, which again threw me because I was like, but he's on top. Oh no, he's not now. He's, I got because I, I forgot. You know, it's, just, it's, you, it's kind of musical chairs, isn't it? Musical chairs, yeah. And then who else they got? Oh, they've got um, Jimmy Cadillac Deville. Yes, is, is on there. Coop Deville, yeah. And there's a couple of other people as well. Yeah, there's but Tiff. So Tiff got binned off a couple of years ago didn't yeah he, he did this. which was controversial and I th- mm. per- and I personally think it was the wrong decision because um, I think he's still got it despite being 70 he's still fully on it and he's very entertaining oh yeah he's like one of the best in our business isn't he yeah um, yeah yeah I think, it's the I think people take him for granted because he's been around for a while but yeah. the fact that he can he can talk and wildly power slide at the same time of course is, a, is an incredible skill and it's not just that he's actually a very good assessor of cars and a good journalist because he's obsessed with information and then being able to sort of relay that information that's and true he, he is a very very skilled broadcaster he doesn't get the credit he deserves for that either, that's but. true he's, he's never he's never slackened off actually um he's always no he always runs quite a, a tight editorial ship when he's mm. but anyway yeah I, I haven't sort of said anything in public about it i thought i thought well i did get asked to do the new series of fifth gear and and, and, and this is the series 29 i think I think it's is series it? 29 yeah well i've been on it since Bloody series hell. 10 and i knew i'd done at least 27 series uh, sorry 17 series which is a lot of series is 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 mm. and it, and it, and it's a it's a show that's sort of very important to me and also um i really enjoy the presenters that i present with i've always felt very privileged to do it but i i decided to bow out i decided that this was it you know i'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it and um 
it's sort of two reasons. First reason, it's being, it's going to be electric only. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hmm. And whilst I think that's, I understand why they're doing it, I think that it's not appropriate for fifth gear um, because it. There's, I think it should be a kind of broader church. It's an interesting, yeah, move. Yeah, I wonder whether it wouldn't have been. I mean, is this it? They're not going back to internal combustion. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know, man. It feels a bit bandwagon. It feels like to me. a spin-off show. Yeah, I mean, I just and think you could sort of seamlessly fold this into the main show and just test more electric cars, or have a, 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 yeah, a yeah, yeah. running strand every week. You look at something, yeah, of the, of where we're going, yeah, um, and then you can balance it editorially in a magazine show with stuff that's you know that, that's not electric for people who are not that interested. I, I mean, I, I don't and know. historical it's, stuff. Yeah, so I, I think I think there's that, and I think by the time the cars that they're going to review. Are air on the TV show. I would have already reviewed them in detail on on YouTube. So I sat there and kind of thought, well, there's that, <clears throat> and um, I'm probably uh, the, the production company who make Fifth Gear are not my best friends these days. So I'll oh. probably want to leave that there. But I, <laughs> I, I, I just, I just, you know what I, mean? I just. What thought, did you do, or what did they do? I, or what did you both do? Oh, I don't, it was a, a, an abuse of power, maybe should we say, an abuse of power. That um, and I and out of principle, I, 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 I'm holding a grudge. So okay, um, but yeah, it's it was a it was a difficult decision to make, and I thought, do you know what? I've put so much energy into my own YouTube channel and this this podcast that people are listening to, and those are our, our those are our, our own products. They're not made for anybody else, as it were. Hmm. Uh, my own IP, as they say in the industry, I yes. thought I'll just crack on with this and you know just keep delving in. The, the problem with is, as what as and as and I don't want to be down. I don't want to sound down about it, um, and I definitely don't want people to think that I've fallen out with any of the presenters because I really haven't. They're all friends of mine: Vicky, Jason, hmm. um, obviously Tiff, Jimmy. They're, they're all really lovely people. I know Rory. Karun's doing it as well, isn't he? This series, I think. Yeah, Karun. He's, he's still. Yeah, Karun is, and he's he's a, he's a top dog. He's good. Hmm. So it's nothing personal with them because I'm actually going to really miss that because um, that was one of my one of my few team activities <clears throat> with work. Everything seems to be kind of solo these days, apart from this podcast. So it was difficult, but I felt like the time was right. 
so yeah, from 2006 until now, it's been this fifth year's always been bubbling away, kind of here and there. Mm. Mm. But I think, um, I think, in in the name of my own material, in the name of detail on features, and in the name of uh, I don't know, not being massively friendly with the production company at the moment I would maybe <laughs> yeah no and that's not to say I'll never do any TV again that's not what I'm saying Richard you know what I mean I didn't it's not I, what I'm no, saying it's not what I'm saying but what I'm saying is I, the, the the terrestrial television door is always open Johnny well, you, open. You, you never say never never say never ever I mean it takes a bloody open. long time to open sometimes but it's it's never closed put it that way it does or it's take. closed but you can open it again if you like but just have to wait it's to one be. of those roller shutters that's not assisted and it's so geared it's so oh, high God, yeah. high geared low geared well like those very busy blinds you sometimes get in houses I sent you a video of those didn't I like last year when we were staying in that place in, in, we were staying in Suffolk and, and the right. house That's... the lovely house that we were renting really beautiful house right on the coast overlooking the sea it was magical I absolutely loved it there but um, sweet the, coast all of house. the blinds is a good job I liked having the living room windows open so you could look out at, at, at the sea twinkling in the moonlight at night because Bloody hell, it would have taken a while to shut the blinds. What is it like a 10 minute job? Oh, it's only gone down six inches. Why are they so low gear? Is it like a crawler gear? I don't know. Is it like the uh, the Ford Bronco manual gearbox, seven speed manual? So, and but but number one gear is like only climbing mountains and nothing else. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think the gearbox and a lot of manual Porsches are like that as well, aren't they? There's. I, yeah. Porsche seem to put on very, very high gears on their manual cars yeah. these days. Yeah, they do. For emiss- emissions reasons, I think. Um, and so you could do like 90 in second and it's... You can. It, it's, <laughs> oh, my God. It's, the sun's come up. That's how long it's taken me. <laughs> I was going to say the blinds are like that to, to dissuade you from using them and leaving them down because you're seven mm. feet from a lighthouse. And in the middle of the night, in the, in the middle of the night, you get the, the 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 brightest. It's almost like a scene from ET, when the when the ship lands or whatever, or when the um, yeah, when people come along to rob ET. I can't not they don't rob him, they kidnap him, whatever. Yeah, you know the scene. Rob I mean. <laughs> steal ET's wallet. Uh, what money is this? Um, I yeah, we stayed in a lighthouse keeper's cottage once. I mean, he wasn't there because they've, they've automated all of the lighthouses in the UK now. So it, it, the lighthouse keeper's cottage was rented out as a holiday cottage and the lighthouse was it still mega? going. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was delightful. But I rather hoped that you could lie in bed at night and there would be sort of, you just see this gentle intermittent glow at the window as the lighthouse was doing its business. But no, I guess they're sort of so... They're so f- they're f- focused. Yeah, on far afield. So Fresnel... Fresnel lens. Did like you that. see the, the little blue character from in the night garden bobbing around in the middle of the night in his hopeless little dinghy? Like, because that's not dangerous. Um, <laughs> with with only one little dismal like tea light, the sort of tea light you get on a on a on a restaurant table between between the two people sitting. At yeah, the but table. I like the design of that boat because I think if you took that light off, it would be significantly less cozy looking. Well, that little ca- light makes it is, somehow cosy. Well, candlelight that means it, it's it. appealing. Well, it makes a power cut go from slightly creepy to being charming. Yes, but then it? I discovered this a few years ago when the power went off, and uh, I thought it's okay, it's fine. Yeah, I'll just read. I've got a book on the go. I'll get some candles going. I'll read. It's bloody difficult to read by candlelight. 
oh yeah you've already really crap yeah, yeah compared yeah. to say electric lights and um after a while you get real eye strain so we went to the pub instead but it was just yeah you've got this romantic notion of how i shall sit here and read by candlelight as people have done for centuries but no <laughs> it's it's a faff there's a reason why people in the olden days went to bed earlier and probably had a little bit more sex because well i'm not sure they did though did they yeah. because sex might equal another baby if you're not careful in the olden days oh well i mean depends what you interpret sex as Pretty wife Will Souse give me a hand job this evening Um, For there is nothing to watch on the telly For it has not been invented yet Uh, That's right (laughs) What were we talking about? Flickering LED candles are about to run out of charge So anyway to sum up You haven't fallen out with the rest of fifth gear But uh, but you're just not doing it Because you've decided to move on And yeah, I have. Yeah. Focus. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, well, anyway, I, wish all no, fe- I, I, I wish them all well, and I'm still friendly with them and all that. You know, like you know, all the presenters and all that. They're lovely people. And all that. And all that. On that side of things. Uh, on that side of things. Um, yeah. Good. Well, um, I'm glad we've got. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Yeah. You know what we didn't mention? We haven't mentioned for the past couple of weeks. What was that? And it seems, and people have been sending it to us a, a bit. It seems to be a past street. Oh, that Hyundai Grandeur Arresto mod that oh Hyundai themselves gosh. made. Yes, do you like? It's incredible. It's 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 proof that I think Kia Hyundai have, have totally not just got their fingers on the pulse. Is they're almost the tastemakers at the moment? They're seeing this. They've seen this real thirst for '80s stuff amongst mm. people who were there the first time around, and this younger generation who seemingly are obsessed with pop-up headlights and and just going yeah let's just do some real authentic 80s and, yeah. and they're doing it so well well they did the, the Hyundai Pony concept uh, the, the Pony 40 or whatever it was called for the yeah, 40 yeah. I mean the Hyundai Pony was a, a laughable car when I was a lad like if you yeah. saw Hyundai Pony you just giggled and pointed at it and they've gone do you know what we're going to make it cool we're going to celebrate it and make it look desirable and everyone's gone bloody hell that looks that looks top Really tasteful, yeah. um, and they've done it with conviction, haven't they? It's a bit like people that wear risky fashion clothing. So if you rock it with <laughs> conviction, you just go, "Yeah, do you know what? That, yeah. that guy's wearing some quite out there stuff, and, and not many people could carry it, but he's carrying it because he 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 believes in it." And I, I admire. Is that like that. when 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 you and me went to that GQ awards thing, and we both decided to wear slightly frantic clothing? Oh, we, we did. If we just <laughs> if we just rocked it like it was deliberate, not rather that we got dressed in the dark. Then people would go, "Ooh, he's quite fashion forward, isn't he?" Because none of those things should go together. Do you know but, what? Um, I actually really enjoyed doing that. It was quite liberating. Yeah, because it was outside yeah, yeah. of the comfort zone. But once you've committed, it's like once you've gone through the door of the fancy dress party in your fancy dress, you can't just run away and take it all off. You're in. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got to double down. So like I went to a fancy dress party the other week. Did you? And, um, yeah, I went to um, went to a mate's fiftieth, and it was fancy dress. That the theme was come as a, a childhood hero. Oh my gosh! Uh, so I went as Chris Lowe out of Pet Shop Boys. Oh which, yeah. <laughs> One of my mates did go, you've made no effort whatsoever. You're just wearing a puffer jacket and jeans. And I was like, I have actually, I went and bought a stripy T-shirt, especially because um, there's a very iconic photo of Chris Lowe wearing a stripy T-shirt. And um, But I didn't take my puffer jacket off all night because the party was outdoors and it was a bit chilly. So, so it's a um, practical solution. But I also bought a boy baseball cap 
proper genuine 80s boy baseball cap off eBay. Did you? Um, was it a lot of so money? I did. No, it wasn't, weirdly. You see them around for a lot of money, but this one, I mean, maybe it was hooky, I don't know. It's got a boy label in it, but um, it was, yeah. But the, the way in which I committed to the the the, the look... Pet the shop boy's fancy I, dress, brilliant. I wore, um, I had a keyboard, I had a little child's keyboard on a strap, and I wore that around my, you know, like a keytar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wore that all night, and I wore my sunglasses pretty much all night. Oh, you really did it well, then. And so I did, I feel like I did commit to the look... No, you weren't cold well, no, in the I got, venues because I got my puffer jacket. You got your puffer jacket on. Just, was it wet look puffer? No, it's. I mean, that's the thing. I didn't buy a puffer jacket. It's just a puffer jacket that I own. Well, yeah. <laughs> well you've worked for the BBC. But, I mean, if you've got a black puffer jacket, it's just. It's, it's oh, it's not one of those though. It's not the the obligatory North Face puffer that all BBC crew have to wear. Yeah, but obviously um, you have to remain neutral throughout because it's the BBC. But yes, it's a North Face one. Well, that's it. Sometimes you see presenters on things like Country Farm. They've got the obligatory BBC North Face puffer jacket, but someone's stuck a piece of black gaffer tape over the logo. I've so they're no, in trouble. I've noticed that. I've noticed that. Yeah, that's actually it's the reason why I didn't buy a North Face jacket one. when I was doing my my when I do TV and things. I made a point of not wearing one. Did you? Yeah, I did. Honestly. I did. So I did a little bit of did investigation. You? I went down the RAB route, which was a lesser-known route at the time. Uh, okay. Um, just you should talk to my friend Matt, who lives up your way, because, you know, he works in the outdoor clothing business, and he's very sneery about North Face, and it always annoys him how many people on TV wear Oh, well, I'm going to speak to your mate, Matt. I, I know where he lives. I'm going to speak to him yeah. about it. Yeah, I'll knock on his window He'll sort you out. three in the morning um, with my bright RAB coat on. That's, I accidentally, <laughs> I, do you know what? I've, I've, I've damaged my RAB coat, which I've had for, for, for I don't know, decades I yeah. was I was I had an armful of tools that I'd taken out of the boot of the car to put back in the garage after filming a, a recent barn find of which you will appreciate in fact that barn find I'm just thinking that yeah that barn find's just gone out when people are listening to this so ah. filming an incredible um, time warp Ford Granada special edition um, barn find. Oh, it's that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'd I'd, put, I'd filled the boot of the car with tools because we were going to try and get it to fire up. And about three days went by afterwards, and I still had all the tools rattling around in the boot. And the car stank of fuel, which is ironic because it's an EV because I had two <laughs> two gallons of petrol in the boot. And um. One morning before a shoot, I got up early doors and went, oh, shit, the boot's full of all that stuff and I've got to take it out. I hurriedly ran down the side of the house to put it all in the garage and there was a, a screw sticking out of um, one of the fence panels. And as I shimmied down oh. it with my arms full of, like, ratchets, petrol, it tore the sleeve of my sacred oh. puffer. And, of course, immaculate timing now that the weather right now is flipping freezing and now i've got it's like weather. yeah and i've got a damaged got a damaged sacred puffer so i'm a bit upset um, i just thought i'd share that with you you know there is a context to it but the barn farm was worth it just going to say that a puffer um, jacket's okay now i have a feeling that we're supposed we've been told we're not supposed to wear puffer jackets because they like boiled geese to make them or something I, but i'm not clear on that it, if, there's, there's 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 ones where they if they use goose down they um have to um they have to mention the sort of living conditions of the geese and how how the feathers are sourced but there's a lot right. of, there's a lot of now man-made technical fabric fa- fabrics um mm. alternatives that are really good insulators a lot of recycled mm. um threads and and uh, ah, fabrics and stuff okay. that sort of mulched 
So yeah, there's a lot of that going. Of course, sheep's wool is worth nothing at the moment, which is sad. And so I gather, yeah. I mean, you could honestly, you could you could fill the roof of your house with sheep's wool for about eighty quid, which <laughs> is and it's decent stuff. Although I wouldn't buy a pair of trousers made of sheep's wool. I don't think. Why not? You make, you get wool trousers. They're quite nice. Are they not itchy though? I'd look like I had. I, well, I'd, I'd maybe look like I had, it depends. Like, terrible genital <laughs> issues I get very itchy off wool if it's certain kinds of wool but like it doesn't it's got to be a mix I don't know why. it's got to be a wool mix mixed with what um, I, I don't know probably something like um, Groove Rider maybe SL2 <laughs> yeah <laughs> what bit of Pete Tong bit yeah of a little bit of um, well of course I was in Brighton the other day hence the London to Brian uh, chat earlier and I didn't see yeah. didn't see Fatboy Slim which is a bit upsetting I mean I figured that I thought it was obligatory. I thought there was a deal with Brighton Council that if you ever go to Brighton, you immediately have to see Fatboy Slim or Zoe Ball or, or Zoe Ball or um, another famous Brighton person who talks about Brighton a lot. Yeah, Steve Coogan. He he lives down there sometimes. Does he? Okay, so Steve Coogan's got got a Brighton place. Yeah. Do you know what? The awful lot of. Um, Awful lot of DSG um, peacocking on the seafront late at night. It really pissed me off because we were. Oh, still... there always is though in coastal towns. Yeah, isn't there, there is, there is. But it was just, it was just crap, you know. It's just, and it was all Audi S3s. This is the coastal town. There was so much, so much kind of double clutch tromboning going on, which sounds like a euphemism, but I, it's not. It's just. It's just... <laughs> What do they use for taxis down in Brighton these days? Oh, well, the colour scheme for the is taxis a- is incredible. It's like a teal bonnet and boot lid on a white car. Oh, teal? Yeah, like real 90s ski jacket colour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's really good. Quite like it's it. It's a long time since I've been to Brighton, but I just yeah. oh, I don't remember that. So- I don't remember a lot about when I went to Brighton. Yeah, a lot of hybrids, a lot of hybrid taxis. I noticed. And I, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And I know we had. A, you sometimes get towns where it's like the Octavia still has the minicab stronghold. I feel. Yeah, or the Superb if you're going to go long leg room. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if though. No, there wasn't that many diesels. It was mostly petrol hybrids. From Brighton's sort would, of quite eco-conscious, I think, isn't it? Probably as Brighton's a progressive is what you yeah. call progressive, isn't it? Progressive, um, yeah. Apart from the, maybe the peacocking, the peacocking on the seafront with the. <laughs> but I bet those are people from up the coast who are just they're just passing through all. Of, they'll be then then through Hove and then all the way down to. Oh yeah, Bournemouth or somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah, peacocking. yeah. Peacocking, seafront peacocking, seafront peacocking. It's that's what it's all about. Yeah, and it's true. Day daytime seafront peacocking is different to nighttime. See, yeah. daytime is you've always got your geezers on their sort of two-stroke Lambrettas with all the silly badges and wing mirrors and you know, pretending that they're Sting or the Who. And then you've got <laughs> and then you've got <laughs> Which is fine to a point. It's all a, it's all role playing escapism, I get it. Um and then you've got a little bit of a there's always sometimes a little bit of Americana, you know, fifties pickup truck, maybe a Cadillac, maybe a, a Mustang convertible, that kind of thing. Um that that's another sort of tribe. And then of course you've got your biker tribes as in like motorbikes, not not scooters. Um, yeah. So you've got your Harleys and your kind of spoked spikes, your kind of Yamahas and your Jixes and all that jingle. Mm, um, yeah, and they all kind of convene, which I quite like because it's 
it's it's like the scene from Anchorman where all the different news crews <laughs> <laughs> and they're all kind of eyeing one another up to see who is genuinely a bit cooler. But it's not that yeah. it's not spoken. It's just all eye eye contact and body language. And that's one of the things I like about the world that we're in, the sort of automotive world. There is some very odd peacocking that goes on, and we're, we're all we're all responsible for it ultimately. I didn't mean Bournemouth, did I? Bournemouth's like down in Bournemouth's a long way. Almost. No, yeah, I meant Eastbourne, didn't I? Eastbourne. Yeah, you've got Eastbourne. Yeah, you got Eastbourne. I always get them mixed up. They're sort of retirement. Yeah, Eastbourne's near where I jumped that um, bloody Sierra Sapphire, the Dukes of Essex, ages ago. I did that in Polebrook, which is next to Eastbourne, I think. That's what you promised to do this week on the podcast. Just tell the story of how, when you were working at Max Power, your colleagues turned your desk chair into an enormous penis and balls. (laughs) Oh, what the. Yes, the the parcel tape cock and ball chair. Um, Yes, that would have been a. Well, two two girls were responsible for that who worked in the office. Um, Really? Yeah, one of them's Nicola and one of them's Jenny. And Nicola and Jenny knew that I was out on a shoot. It was either a two-day job or one-day job. I can't even remember. And I can't remember. I mean, I don't know why they did it. They they just thought it would be funny because I think I used to do the odd prank, as you might imagine. Um, here so it there. just struck me as such a moronically mannish thing to do. It never occurred to me that it was no, two it was women two women. And, and, and they used an enormous amount of brown parcel tape. I think they said they used <laughs> six industrial rolls, and the industrial oh rolls are really. I don't know how many meters of tape that is. But, but I've seen. How did they construct the? In a skeleton of particularly the balls, because from memory, having seen the picture of this, they were they screwed. You couldn't up. just do this with pure tape, could you? No, you You'd couldn't. Have to build no. a build a, a frame. It was on Max Power and Revs as well. We used to, of course, we used to review a lot of products, so you'd get loads of deliveries of of, of parcels and cardboard boxes and um, bubble pack from exhaust and head units and you know tuning stuff. So we had loads of bubble pack. So they wrapped a, um, a sphere of bubble pack uh, in, in their arms and then taped it, the loose shape together, and then started to just go over it with brown parcel shape. And then they taped it onto the side of the shaft. Now the shaft was created. <laughs> <laughs> the shaft was created with, again, bubble pack wrapped around the backrest of an office chair. So mm. so you'd get the, 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 you know, the upright position. And then I believe the sort of... the. The bell end was created again by using some sort of ultra bulbous um, bubble pack. You know the really the chubby bubble pack. Um, chubby bubble, chubby yes. bubble. Yeah. So that that that, and then just loads of parcel tape to finish. A couple of detailed markings with the, with a sharpie, and then what the finishing touch for me was I, um, I I didn't clock it at first. The computer mouse on my Apple Mac computer, they'd again they they'd created a huge cock um with a bell on top so you had to use you had to hold the top of the the phallus to actually move the mouse around <laughs> it's just so silly is this in the days of wired mo- mouses yeah mice this was still. this was wired this was wired. but you know the other thing was it's it took it was so well attached to the chair that it took me so long to even work out how to unpick it because they'd done a hell of a job. Um, I mm. left it there for a week. 
I sat on it for a week and it was very uncomfortable because it took up most of the chairs were sort of perched on the edge of this this dick chair and <laughs> it's just silly it's just stupid so yeah and was this, uh, hang on did you not get a warning from HR about it is that the he, rest of the story well they did get a warning from HR about it um, oh they got a warning from HR yeah I mean I got a warning for the fact that I'd left it there for a week and had immediately got rid of it because they have high profile <laughs> visitors now and again but I took <laughs> <laughs> and I told you about the time. I mean, I don't know if it's appropriate. I'll probably tell you this one another time. But I, inside my chest of drawers next to my desk, you know, my desk drawers, I had an incredibly offensive photograph that I'd found, that I'd found in the archives of the building one day when I was looking for some transparency film of a, another Max Power event or feature car. And nobody admitted to knowing where it, how it was created, where it came from, or anything, but it was in, it was just in the archive. And it was an original photograph from the 70s. I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's too offensive. Um, but mm. let's just say unforgettable and, and one <laughs> of one. Um, and so I brought it upstairs. And what I used to do is wait until, this, and actually this happened mostly when I was on Car Magazine because I carried it over to Car. I used to wait until someone was doing a really high profile interview on the phone with like an industry <laughs> boss. And then I used to just slip it, I just slide it across, across their desk under their head while they were making notes and just watch the reaction. And a few, and a few of you that used to work with me will know. How uh. how offensive this picture was. Um, anyway, when I left the company, offensive by modern standards, or just offensive even oh, back then. I think it's quite offensive. It was ex- explicit, um, but not. Okay. But I would say not in a not in an enjoyable way. But when right. I left the company, I decided it should stay in the building. It shouldn't come with me. It's the 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 photo was more powerful than me. So I I I I nominated a, a custodian to look after it and I actually to this day I don't really know where it is I don't know if it's still in the company or what but people that people that used to work in the company and people that know me will know the photograph that I speak of it's uh, it doesn't involve cars let's just put it that way and um, well we'll put the picture of Johnny's cock and balls chair on yes. the Patreon you did actually put it on your Instagram last week I you? did and what so. I did and what's quite cool is in the background you can see an extremely young Mark Riccioni who at the time was our school leaver kind of apprentice kid who was always showing signs of talent and now he's a highly successful um, automotive photographer for Top Gear and for Car and for loads and, and mm. commercial photographer for Porsche and a couple of other brands mm. And he's got a hell, a hell of a, hell of a car selection. Yeah, we could talk about Mark's car collection. Take that is another. That's coming. another episode. Yeah, remarkable things. But um, well, as it stands, we should probably wrap this one up. Um, but uh, <laughs> before we go, three things to tell you. Uh, the first one is that Johnny has a solo YouTube channel called The Late Break Show. You probably know that by now, but do go there today after you've listened to this because you can watch uh, an amazing barn find of a very special fault. And fault. Uh, also your new playlist, which is um, Generation Flex. Uh, yeah. It's about uh, young folk with... Um, interesting car collection yeah exactly championing young blood not the singer um young people <laughs> who are yeah 17 to 25 have an interest in cars have an interest in driving and maybe owning uh, cars not necessarily expensive cars at all actually in fact quite the opposite affordable quirky interesting stuff so 
that is what Generation Flex is all about. Followed by Generation Ricketts, which will be a look at extremely old people who own pre-1905 spindly wheel <laughs> dog carts. But ideally with a highly tuned Vauxhall red top. I'd like that. Yeah, yeah. An Eco Boost V6 with a pair of massive snails <laughs> on it, but with <laughs> with, with grey wheel, grey tyres. It's always a side of a slow car. It's got grey tyres. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? It's great tyres. Like an old lady's bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the second thing I've got to tell you is that uh, next week, on the evening of Monday the 6th of December, I'm going to be up at Caffeine and Machine, the um, car-related cafe in Warwickshire, uh, having a chat with Alex Goy, the car journalist, on stage um, as part of his I Love You Man series, in which every month he invites someone to come and have a... Uh, a chat with him uh, about life and it's men's sort of has a focus health. on um, male mental health, yeah, and the things that men sometimes don't talk about enough. But we'll also be talking about cars and Top Gear and all sorts of other things, I imagine. But um, so if you want to come with that, tickets are on sale uh, from the Caffeine and Machine website, I believe. Um, and hopefully, see you there. So that's next Monday, 6th of December. Come along, it'll be fun or near offer. And uh, the third thing I have to tell you is that uh, if you're of a certain age, you might remember that in the 80s, cream cakes were advertised on TV for some reason with the slogan, Naughty But Nice. Um, but what you might not realise is that the slogan, Naughty But Nice, was created by Salman Rushdie. Is that true? That is absolutely cream true. Cream cakes, Salman, Naughty But Nice. Yeah. Don't you remember those ads? Yes, I do. Why were they advertising cakes on TV? I don't think they're even allowed to, but yeah. Uh, it was quite a long-running campaign, but yeah, Salman Rushdie, before he became a successful novelist, was a copywriter for O&M, the advertising agency, and um, he came up with that. Wow. He also, if you want to dive, if you want to dive down a Rushdie advertising wormhole, he wrote a jingle for a building society. I can't remember what it was called, the Burnley Building Society, something like that. It's an incredible disco track, and he wrote the lyrics to it which are all about saving money, but delivered in a disco style. I'll, again, I'll, stick, I'll try and find it and stick it uh, up on uh, the Patreon for our show notes. Uh, so, yeah, that's what Salman Rushdie did before he became a novelist and then the subject of a fatwa. That's right, fatwa. Fatwa. He, he, I only found out quite recently his, his fatwa hideaway was just down the road from where I live now in London. Why would you uh, hide away in London? I know. Go to the Shetland idea. Islands or something. I know. That's a shit idea. I'll just, I'll just go. No one will notice me. Well, maybe that's it. He's just hiding in plain sight because there's, there's so many people. It's like you don't want to go somewhere where you'd be sort of, you know, one of only seven in the village. I suppose. So they go not. now. I wonder if Salman Rushdie's hiding here. Oh yeah, there's that guy. There he is. He yeah. looks like him. It must be him. But London. Bloody hell. There we that's are. That's a great well. bit of trivia, Richard. I love. Thank that. you. Naughty but uh, nice, bit like this podcast. Naughty but nice. Really, involving uh, I think the original chairs, one was... Yeah. to Brian. <laughs> and, uh, Naughty but nice and Jesus is a twat. <laughs> Salman, stop with this offensive religious stuff. You've got you to knock it on the head one day. You'll get a fatwa, my friend. <laughs> no, it's like the beginning of that slogan was really good. I think the ending... Yeah. I think we need to change <laughs> the ending. There's something not quite right. upset the Pope a bit. Um, yes. Well, there we are. Uh, another episode of Smith & Sniff, Britain's uh, leading podcast for idle chat about Surrey and 80s adverts for cakes comes to an end um, but we'll do this all again next week yeah. uh, so hope to see you then but until then thank you for listening, goodbye goodbye
Got any salmon? No tea. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.